calling all feet to take a stand. Let's pray. God, you truly want to call each of us to, to be your love in action, God, in this world right now. And this morning, God, we want to open our hearts and be receptive, God, even as we did earlier in our worship time, Lord, to receive what you would have for us. So, God, we pray that you would speak loudly, clearly through your word. I pray, God, that you would eliminate the things that I would want to say, uh, my personal thoughts. But, God, I pray that your thoughts would, would permeate my mind and, God, that you would speak the things that you would want to share. And, God, good seed would be sown today in the hearts of your people so that we could see a great harvest of your love across this community and across the world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So why is it that we do not show love to other people? I mean, we show love to people that are close to us or people that we know, maybe friends or family, but why is it just not a general given that we love everyone? that we come in contact with. Could it be that we could get selfish in our own love? Is there not enough love to go around? Do you ever sense that you're getting kind of cold towards other people? That you've just kind of run out of patience and out of love for others? Is it easy to walk past people that you don't know and just kind of not even notice them? You know, I, I find that that happens in my own life. It's not that I decided one day that I would choose not to care or not to love other people. It's not like it was a cognitive choice that one day I woke up and go, you know what, I'm going to choose, I'm just going to hate everybody that I come in contact with today. Some of you probably have that problem, but we'll deal with that on another Sunday. But it's not like we make a cognitive choice. A lot of times we slide into this neutral zone of just not really caring about other people around us. We slide into this um, not caring mode. I know that as a Christian we're supposed to love, we're supposed to care, so I know it up here, and most of us would probably admit we know it up here. It's just sometimes we know it up here and we forget it down here. I heard someone once say that the furthest distance in the entire world is from here to here. That's a long distance. It's from shifting something that we know to something that actually beats inside of our chest. And many times uh, we know what we should be doing, but we don't do it. And guys, I'm really convinced that this action of love towards other people around us really is not a a head condition, but more a heart condition. It doesn't reveal the condition of your mind where you go, I know that I should treat other people with respect. I know I should love other people. I know I should be doing these actions that Christians are supposed to do. But it's not really a head issue. It's more of a heart issue. This morning, guys, I want to take a look at love. Biblical love. Deep passionate biblical love. And then we want to take this principle, this deep, passionate biblical love, and we want to take out all of the things that have been holding us back or, or all of the things that we would try and fill our hearts with, 
And we would remove all of those things and we would pour in this deep biblical love into our hearts today. That God would do that. Earlier in the service, we said, God, remove these things so that you can pour in what you want to pour in. So that we can be a conduit for God's presence in this community, in the lives of our family members, our friends. That the love that we share with others would not be our love, but it would be a deep, powerful, biblical love that we're going to talk about this morning. I think the best place to find this deep, powerful, biblical love is found in probably the most famous verse in all the Bible, John 3, 16. Why don't you take your Bibles this morning and we turn there. We're going to jump around quite a bit this morning because I want to look at actually a Greek word that's found in many different passages of Scripture. We're going to make it real simple this morning. Don't get scared that we're going to be studying Greek words or anything like that. Many of us, if you've been in church for a long time, and maybe if, even if you haven't, if you've grown up with any religious experience whatsoever, most of you probably can recite John 3.16, something that many people can recite. In the New Living Translation, it kind of tricks us a little bit. It, it says some words at the beginning. We, we usually say, for God so loved the world that he gave. But in the New Living Translation, it goes this way. It says... <laughs> for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. In fact, it, in, in another translation, in the New Living Translation, it reads this way. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave. This is how God loved the world. He gave. This Greek word loved here, if you've been in church uh, at any length of time and heard messages, you'll know that this Greek word is the word agape or agapo in different, um, if, if you, it's whether it's past tense or present, but it's the word agape, and it's a different kind of love. It is a biblical love. And this is what, what the, that is. The biblical love is not a feeling, it is an action. Okay? This Greek word agape, biblical love is not a feeling, a warm feeling. It is actually an action. It says that God, for this, for this is how God showed the world his love. It was an action that he gave. God didn't just have compassion on the world and go, oh, I feel so bad for the world because they really messed it up with that sin problem and everything like that, and I feel so bad that they're all going to go to hell and then did nothing. The Bible says that he agaped. God so loved the world that he took action, that he gave. His love could not allow him to sit and do nothing. It's not enough to just feel compassion, but it must move you to action. See, that's the kind of love I feel like God wants to pour into our hearts today, is that we wouldn't just feel the love, we wouldn't just feel like it's some form of emotion or something, but it actually would cause something to beat inside of our chest, and it would be so heavy upon us that we couldn't do anything but take action, that we would move. God's love was an action. He gave, he sent his one and only son to 
to die on the cross, to pay our debt so that we could go free. God's love was an action. So we see this term, agape. It's different than our English word love. It's translated love, but our English word love, this is not the love like I love long walks on the beach at midnight, and uh, I love warm puppies, and I love pizza, you know, that kind of thing that we use in our English language. That's not this kind of love. In fact, it was such a powerful word that when they were writing the New Testament, they had to find a special word that they would make up so that they could understand this concept of love, because they knew that it was different than the other kind of love that we use. It was a special kind of love, a love that would cause a person to take action. It's the strongest love that can be expressed. It's a love that is not, or not comprised of, of, of warm feelings or, or, or just an emotion, but it, it moves people to action. One of the definitions of agape love is this. It says, a deep affection for another person with a focus on loving action, not feelings alone. A focus on loving action, not just feelings alone. God so loved. Another passage that has this Greek word agape is Romans 5.8, if you want to flip over to that. It's on the screen here. In Romans 5.8, it says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. It says that the love, not just comprised of an emotion, but action, God showed his great love for us in this by sending. Do you see the words that are surrounding this word love? God showed us. God sent. It was an action. Jesus shares another passage about this word agape, this love. John 15, 13. John 15, 13, he's speaking to uh, believers here, and he says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. There is no greater agape than to do what? Than to take action. There's no greater agape than to take action, to lay down one's life for a friend. This verse shows us that this biblical love is attached and cannot be separated from action. It can't just be a feeling. You can't just sit there and say, oh, I agape you. Oh, I agape my neighbor. I agape my brother. I agape my my spouse. You can't just say it as, as an emotion. It can't be separated from action. It's more than a feeling. It's more than empathy. It was a feeling that had to be blended with action because if it was blended with inaction, it was not agape. It was something else. It was not true biblical love. This love moves us. I want us to look at one passage that is completely packed with this Greek word. It's in 1 John chapter 4. So we're going to go there and we're going to kind of focus on this main passage here. 1 John chapter 4, starting at verses 9 through 11. If you write in your Bible, I'd love for you to take a pen this morning or something or highlighter or whatever you got, 
and, and, and underline each time you see this Greek word agape in this passage in verses 9 through 11. Let's start at verse 9 here in 1 John 4. It says, God showed how much he loved or agape us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10, this is real agape. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Then verse 11 is powerful. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. If we crank back to verse 9, it says, God showed how much he agaped us. He showed his love by doing something. He was proactive in the situation. He saw the state and the brokenness of our world, and his love caused action to happen. Verse 10, it says, this is real agape. It tells us that not we, we didn't love God first, but that God first loved us. Agape love is a love that is unmerited. It is undeserved. It is unearned. So that means that we can love someone that we don't even know because it's unmerited, it's unearned, it's undeserved. You see, we can't be good enough to get God's agape love. We can't do enough. In fact, it was God that first loved us. As humans, we talk about falling in love and how powerful that emotion is. Falling in love with with someone and, and the incredible, powerful force. But do you know what's more powerful than falling in love? Listen to me on this. Choosing to love. That is far more powerful than falling in love. And that's what God did. You see, so many times we think falling in love is, is, the, is somehow the, the magical thing that happens. And we see here this biblical agape love. It's that God chose to love. God chose to love us even when we didn't reciprocate that love. Even when we didn't give it back to him. He sent his son. And what did we do? Did we greet him with open arms and loving arms? No. We spit in his face. We slapped him, pulled out his beard, hung him on a cross, mocked him, ridiculed him, called him, said, you know what, why don't you come down off that cross? We put the stripes on his back and the nails in his hands. We were the ones that shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Not personally, of course. But Jesus, though it was painful, hanging on the cross, showed a kind of self-sacrificing love that was absolutely unbelievable for us. In fact, to the people that whipped him and hung him on that cross, he prayed for them. He called out to God and he said, Father, 
forgive them because they really don't understand what they're doing. Could you forgive them? In verse 10, it says, this is real agape, not that we agaped God, but that he agaped us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Verse 11 says, dear friends, if God agaped us that much, surely we ought to agape each other. If God loves people around this region in Watford City enough to die on the cross for them, shouldn't we have the love, the same love that God had to die for them? Couldn't we have the same love to actually tell them the joyous and exciting news that that was the fact? That God first loved them, that they didn't have to be good enough, that they didn't have to clean up enough in order to stand before God, but that God loved them just the way they are, and he wants to see healing and transformation in their lives. That there's hope and healing and freedom in Jesus Christ. I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to think about this. Who loved you enough to tell you about Jesus? Who agaped you enough? I want you to think about that person right now. If you have a name, think of their name. Picture them in your mind right now, the person that told you about Jesus Christ, the person that poured into your life or positioned you somehow so that you would surrender your life to Jesus Christ. They loved you enough, they agaped you enough to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Who is that person? Aren't you glad that that person loved you that much, that they shared that important information with you, the gospel? So I have another question for you. If I were to ask that question to everyone on the planet, who told you about Jesus? Who loved you enough that they told you about Jesus? Would your name or your face be in anyone's mind right now? Would they be thinking about you? Do you agape people enough that you would share with them the good news? Does your love for others drive you to action, to say something, to do something, to care about others beyond just feelings, but a willingness to take action? God loved us so much, surely we ought to love others. I think we catch the concept that we need to love others as Christians, but sometimes it's difficult because there are a lot of people that are hard to love in this life. Other times we don't care enough to love. We have enough problems of our own that we don't have time to worry about everyone else's problems. So how could we possibly love this much? How could we walk around our lives so full of the agape-type love of God? How could we love with the actions and the kind words and the looks 
and, and all of the things that in, are involved in this, the, the things that, the work and the help and the things that heal, the things that encourage, the things that bless other people, how could we be the ones that, that filtered that kind of love into our community and into other people's lives? How could we be the ones? What would it look like if we, everyone in this room, walked out of this room today and loved the way God loved? What if we agaped the way that God agaped? What would that look like? Pastor Sheldon, I don't, I can't love like that. It's impossible. I don't know how to love that much. You know what the truth of the matter is? None of us actually do. In fact, we don't even really have the capacity to love like God loves. It is not a human love. It is a supernatural, all-encompassing, all-powerful love that God has. It's a special kind of love. It's a love that is not created in the human heart, but it is rather transferred from God through the human heart to other people. That's what Scripture tells us. Last Scripture today, Romans 5.5. Romans 5.5. I'm going to read it both in the NIV and in the New Living Translation. In the NIV, it it says this, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love, God's agape has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. New Living Translation says this, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. To fill our hearts with his love. The supernatural love is poured into us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And guys, today, if you know that you need a new compassion for other people, if you're walking through life with numbness and you don't care about the people around you, it it doesn't bother you at all that the people you walk next to are going to hell and and will spend eternity apart from Jesus Christ, If, if your heart doesn't beat that way, I pray that today you would say, God, fill me with the compassion of your agape love so that I could not live a normal life ignoring, walking past people, People, people that are in desperate need, but my love would be, my love is so frail and so insignificant and so small that I would push it aside and say, God, fill me with your love. I desperately need your love. My community desperately needs your love. God, allow me to be a, a conduit to be filled with your love. Today we ask God that you would fill us with your love. Why don't we have our team come back as we're tying up today. How many in the room drink coffee? 
Just raise your hand. Whoa, man, praise God. That's like an altar call like I've never seen. I might try that next Sunday. It's like everybody just hand immediately went up. It's like you had a whole pot this morning before you came to church. I was with Dale and Jerry and Steve the other day, and we were at the restaurant. And I am a one cup of coffee guy. One, one cup of, per day. I mean, if, if, if I drank more than that, it would be agape all over the place. I mean, it would just be a mess. Okay? So I'm, I'm a one cup a day kind of guy. That's just, I have one, it gets cold, I put it in the microwave, I warm it up, I drink a little more, it gets cold, I go back, put it in the microwave, warm it up, finish it. That's just, and you know what? The worst thing is at a restaurant, you don't use their microwave. It comes automatically. It's called a waitress. Mm-hmm. And she comes and, and she'll ask, do you want a warm-up? You know, like, I'll get halfway down, I'll have the creamer just right. Just the right temperature, <laughs> the creamer's perfect, everything like that. And, and I'll turn my head for a moment. And do, 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 she's filling it up. Oh, now you ruined my coffee. I'm only allowed to drink one cup a day, don't you know that? So here's the thing, guys. There are a lot of people in the room here today, probably myself included, let's just include myself. A lot of us, at one time, our coffee was really hot. Our love and our compassion for other people was was smoking, burn your lips type thing. But you know what, over time, somehow the cares of life and all of those kind of things happened and all of a sudden we were able to walk past people that were hurting and not even notice them. We wouldn't engage people in conversations and we wouldn't show the love that we once did and our coffee has gotten really cooled off. Some of you in the room, your coffee is, I don't know, maybe Luke-ish. Guys, I really believe today in God's word as it speaks to us and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us His love is always hot because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I believe that there are people in this room today that you desperately and I desperately need a top off of our hearts to be warmed with the love of God again, that we would be hot, that we would be passionate that the steam would rise from our coffee mug again, from our heart again, that we would be willing to pour hot agape into the lives of everyone around us. But guys, it doesn't come from us. It's poured into us. It's poured through us. It's much like the coffee mug as I sat at the restaurant that day and the, the waitress had the mug that was, or the big pot that was hot, boiling right off and she poured it into my mug and from my mug it went to my lips. It's almost like for this community right here in Watford City, there are a lot of people that are desperate for the love of God. They just need a cup. They just need someone that would care enough to hold the love of God close to them so that they could just get one sip. 
because we all know what happens after you get one sip of coffee. Or see all the hands? We're hooked. What if, the, what if the community was hooked on agape love? Man, you act a certain way. You're different than the other people that I come in contact with. There's something special about your life. So this is what I, I want us to do this morning. I just want us to be open. I want you to begin to search your heart right now. Can we just close our eyes? We're just going to take just a few minutes, just short. I want you to check the spiritual temperature of the gape in your heart. Stick your finger in it. Is it warm enough? Is it hot enough? Are you passionate for those around you to pour the love of Jesus Christ into their lives? I would guess to say, and and maybe this is a little too much speculation, but I would guess to say that there is a huge portion of the people in this room that could really use a top off today, could really use the waitress to come by and warm your heart. Would you be willing this morning that I've asked the worship team to begin to play we begin to sing this song. It's a very simple song. It's an older song, and it, it just says, more love, more power, more of you in my life, God. Would you be willing to just open your heart today and make that your prayer? So we begin to call out to God and say, God, right now, as I am surrendering myself to you, would you pour into my heart? Would you pour into my life right now? So as a congregation, could we just... If this is the desire of your heart today, we're just gonna take a couple minutes and begin to worship God. We're just gonna ask God to pour into our hearts today. If that's your prayer today, why don't you sing with me? More love, more power. More love, more power, more of you in my life.
this church, a lot of times you'll see people um, that'll raise their hands kind of in a form of surrender to God. This morning, I'd like us to sing this one more time. And if this is your heart's desire today, would you be willing to lift your hands in a form of surrender? saying, God, I surrender all of my love and the incompleteness of my love. And today I want that to drain out and I want you like a, like a funnel, almost like we're making a funnel this morning. We're saying, God, funnel your love into my heart today. Isn't it interesting that our arms attach right at our heart level? It's almost like God created us to lift our hands like a funnel, allowing him to pour into our lives. So could we do that this morning just as we're tying up? Could we just say, if that's your heart's desire, don't feel pressured in any way to do this, but if that's your heart's desire today, that you would say, God, I want you to funnel and pour into my life. Would you be willing to stretch your hands out in an act of surrender today to him? And let's just sing this today. Go ahead, sing that. More love. More power. that has creeped over our heart in the night. I pray, God, that in the morning, Lord Jesus, as we would call out to you, that, God, you would pour in and replenish our love, Lord. God, replenish our love, Lord Jesus, for one another. Replenish our love, God, for broken relationships that need healing, Lord. Replenish our lives, Lord Jesus, so that we could be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ in this community, God. Replenish our lives to treat others better and greater than ourselves, that we would actually even be willing to lay down our lives for a friend. God, that we would carry with us that kind of love on a consistent basis. God, we need more of you each day. God, fill us to overflowing in this moment so, God, we can flow and pour into those around us. 
And we pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you guys. Make sure that you agape someone before you leave today. Lord bless you.